You already know what it is and you already know what you have reached. The number one up-and-coming professional wrestling podcast. The number one up-and-coming boxing podcast. The number one up-and-coming mixed martial arts podcast. I am your host and founder, Sean Hubbard. What up, though? You have reached Hubbard Wrestling Weekly Podcast on YouTube, HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com, Google Play, and anywhere podcasts can be heard. You are in the building for a major, big-time episode of the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly Podcast, Friday, September 10th. 2021 and this is the official the official the official Hubbard Wrestling Weekly AEW all out recap show we are going to get into some amazing things that took place on September 5th 2021 in the Hoffman Estates of Illinois the suburban portion of Illinois, if you will, and now arena 10,126 fans. We're going to get into it all in just a brief moment. Before we get into that, we got to get into this. Hoskrea.com. That's where you need to go for all your web development and web platform needs. For anybody trying to make their business pop in the best possible light, there's only one place to go. Hoskrea.com. Because we love tech. You already know what it is, man. I am so fired up for this episode of the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly Podcast. Once again, my name is Sean Hubbard. I am the founder and host of this show, and I want to thank each and every one of you, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. I salute you. God bless you. September 10th, 2021. It is such a great time to be a professional wrestling fan. Before we get this out the way, man, we want to give a big shout out, a big shout out to Fight TV who brought us this epic event live on Fight TV pay-per-view on this past Sunday night, September 5th. It took place in the Hoffman Estates of Illinois, once again, suburban Chicago, in the now arena, 10,126 fans. The tagline is where champions are made, and what a a appropriate tagline for this particular pay-per-view in Chicago, Illinois, for all elite wrestlings all out 2021. Edition. Once again, big shout out to Fight TV. Big shout out to Joel. Appreciate you, my brother. Big shout out to Warrior Island. I got to give a big shout out to Mr. James Jefferson, the founder and president of Warrior Island Mixed Martial Arts. Man, we got a lot of good things going on. Make sure you check HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com for the latest on Warrior Island. Make sure you check out HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com for the latest in all combat sports and especially make sure you check out fight tv because fight.tv is the only place to go they are number one when it comes to combat sports streaming events they are killing it right now big shout out to joel big shout out to the entire staff of fight tv and big shout out to each and every one of you listening right now on the hubbardwrestlingweekly.com podcast go to the hubbardwrestlingweekly.com Go to YouTube, Hubbard Wrestling Weekly. Go to Google Play and put in Hubbard Wrestling Weekly in the search box. Go to Apple Music or Apple Podcasts and put in Hubbard Wrestling Weekly in the search box. You'll find me. Google me. Google Hubbard Wrestling Weekly because we are the best up-and-coming professional wrestling combat sports podcast in the world today. Being broadcast right here from New York. Like I said, it's September 10th. 2021 and I'm so fired up to give you this review show of what turned out to be a truly historic 
historic professional wrestling pay-per-view. Once again, it is a tremendous time, a tremendous time to be a professional wrestling fan. Big shout out to everything pro wrestling, Conrad Cushman, my big brother from another mother. I appreciate you. Big shout out to Narcolepsy Boy, you know what I'm saying, my boy Malik, Kyron, Showtime Rambo, appreciate you. Ed the Mountie, appreciate you, man. We are in the building in a major, major way. So fired up. The six-pack. Appreciate all you guys, man. We are in the building for another big-time episode, and we are going to kick it off right here and now. AEW. I got to tell y'all, man, AEW is on fire. AEW is truly on fire. It is definitely in my opinion, as it pertains to entertainment value, especially over the past six months, six to eight months, all elite wrestling has become, has become the number one professional wrestling organization in the world as it pertains to entertainment. Obviously, WWE has the market cornered right now. They have uh, three episodic shows coming on each and every week. They're flooding your television shows, televisions. They're, they're flooding you on WWE Network. But, you know, I'm going to tell you something right now. You go to Fight.TV, you get that AEW package. You get that Fight package. You know what I'm saying? You you get AEW pay-per-views right here. You do what you got to do to watch All Elite Wrestling. Make sure, by the way, you go to Fight.TV. If you haven't seen All Out on pay-per-view, Fight TV is bringing y'all all out, on replay, on demand, right here and right now. Go to Fight.TV and order all out the replay if you have not seen it already. It was so cool for Fight TV to bring us this pay-per-view in the United States as well as internationally. What's going to happen moving forward, we don't know, but we're so fired up about it. And Fight TV, once again, the number one streaming combat sports, professional wrestling, boxing, MMA, they got everything covered, man. So big shout-out to them. Just like Hubbard Wrestling Weekly has you covered on all the journalistic side of these tremendous events. So let's get right into this thing, man. Wow, what a pay-per-view. What a night. It took place in Chicago, suburban Chicago. Your commentators for the evening were the legendary Hall of Famer Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, Excalibur, and Don Callis for the tag team title match alone. Of course, you had the ring announcer Justin Roberts was in the building. Aubrey Edwards was one of the referees against with Paul Turner and... Rick Knox and Bryce Remberg and Frank Gastineau. There were so many cool people and cool moments associated with this pay-per-view. And I know you guys want me to talk about the two obvious additions to the company, but we're not going to talk about that till the end. We're going to go in order, man. We're not going to jump back and forth. We're going to go in right in the correct order right here on the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly Podcast. So let's talk about the pay-per-view and its historic value out the gate. Number one took place in Chicago. It comes on the heels of an amazing, amazing debut, first time in seven years, CM Punk has returned to professional wrestling, y'all. I mean, that's huge. CM Punk, after a seven-year hiatus from the ring, has returned, and he has returned to All Elite Wrestling. That's why I say All Elite Wrestling has proven itself to be the number one as it pertains to entertainment value. For professional wrestling fans lately, they are bringing you nothing but heat right now. And I mean that in the best possible way. CM Punk, the newest addition to All Elite Wrestling. This took place on, I believe, the second edition of AEW's newest show, Rampage. It comes to you Friday nights on TNT. And I'm going to tell you all something, man. It's really, really a cool show. Obviously, a very nice compliment to Dynamite. 
I'm hoping that AEW doesn't oversaturate the product as WCW did back in the day. Let's call a spade a spade. Everybody's going to compare AEW Dynamite to WCW Nitro. And now they're going to start comparing AEW Rampage to WCW Thunder from back in the day too. Back in the day, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when WCW brought Nitro to us and it went head-to-head against Monday Night Raw, it was a great thing. But moving forward, as WCW started gaining momentum, 82 weeks in a row, 89 weeks in a row, some people say 82, some people say 89, some people say 84, some people say 85, who knows? However, 80-plus weeks in a row, WCW beat the, uh, the World Wrestling Federation in the ratings, okay? But then came WCW Thunder, and I feel like it kind of oversaturated the product. Now, look, WCW had major problems, and Thunder was not at the top of that list. But Thunder oversaturated the product. What I like about Rampage here in 2021 by All Elite Wrestling, it's only a one-hour show. So it's not going to oversaturate. So right now, All Elite Wrestling has three hours not including their uh, AEW Dark shows on YouTube. I'm talking about strictly television, network television. Right now, All Elite Wrestling has three hours total between Wednesday night and Friday night of television. And I think that's plenty. I think that's good. I think Wednesday night has become wrestling night. Friday night has also become wrestling night. I think it's a tremendous addition to the lineup that all of us wrestling fans have come to be you know, have come to enjoy with Friday Night SmackDown. By the way, Friday Night SmackDown is definitely the number one show on the WWE side by far. But I have to think, and I have to say that Dynamite and Rampage are kicking tail right now, and I love it. As a wrestling fan, the war is back on, and I'm so fired up about it. So, CM Punk debuts on Rampage, which leads to a week-long build-up to uh, what we had at, uh, you know, at All Out in Chicago and uh, that was a major deal, and it was going to be CM Punk's in-ring return after seven and a half years. The last time he was in the ring was the 2014 Royal Rumble, uh, and I believe that was his last match, again, for seven and a half years. So let's take you back. Let's take you back to the Now Arena in suburban Chicago, and let's talk about All Out from All Elite Wrestling. The pre-show featured a very unique 10-man tag. We had the best friends of Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, and Willa Yuta, along with Jurassic Express, arguably the, the hottest tag team in the game right now, in AEW at least. They, I thought they were going to win the tag team eliminator tournament to face the Young Bucks. It turned out to be the Lucha Brothers. Uh, we'll talk about that a little later. But it's the best friends, along with Jurassic Express, going up against the Hardy Family Office, the HFO, Matt, Matt Hardy, the legendary Matt Hardy, along with Private Party Isaiah and Mark, and then you have Hybrid 2, Angelico, and Jack Evans, and of course the Blade as well was in the uh, the building. And this was a, uh, a really cool match, 9 minutes, 25 seconds. I thought it was well done. I thought the crowd was involved. Obviously, the Jurassic Express entrance and their theme song is something that the fans really enjoy. I enjoy it as well. Oh, real cool stuff. I love it. And of course, the Best Friends and Jurassic Express were victorious. They defeated the HFO, the Hamley, the Hardy family office via submission. And it was a, a good match. It was a good way to start the night uh, for all those who watched what they call the uh, the buy-in, the buy-in preview show, getting you ready for the main pay-per-view that took place at the top of the hour. 
And then you went into the pay-per-view. Jim Ross came out right before the end of the buy-in. Everybody's all fired up. We're ready to go. We know it's going to be a historic night. And it all started off with the TNT heavyweight champion Miro defending his title against Eddie Kingston. I thought the match was well put together. I thought the match told a really good story. There was one point during the match that Eddie Kingston had the match won. The referee was distracted by looking at the turnbuckle pad that had been ripped off. He, it was about a five to six second delay, maybe a seven second delay in the, uh, the referee counting for Eddie Kingston. It would have been a three count. Unfortunately, the referee was distracted, so Eddie Kingston eventually only got two, which led to Miro having pretty much what I would call a come-from-behind victory and retaining the TNT championship. I thought it was a good match. I think Eddie Kingston showed himself to be a very, very talented guy as he, as he has for many years. And I think Miro is going to be an eventual future AEW world champion. He has successfully retained the AEW television, or excuse me, AEW TNT championship. And that is why he is still packing the gold. And I think Miro has really shown himself to be uh, a real player in professional wrestling. Definitely used a lot better than he ever was in WWE. With the exception of Rusev Day, which I thought Rusev Day was really cool. But it didn't uh, pan out. But we know we know the story behind that. That's why he's in AEW. So moving forward in the card, uh, you know, uh, Satoshi going up against John Moxley. Uh, you know, Orange Cassidy. Uh, you know, the Orange. Excuse me, I'm talking about Orange Cassidy. <laughs> I like that guy so much. But yeah, John Moxley versus uh, Satoshi in a in a match that that featured uh, a lot of hard hitting, uh, you know, rough style wrestling. I really enjoyed it. Um, it took two uh, paradigm shifts to get the job done, but John Moxley uh, defeated Satoshi via pinfall in 11 minutes and uh, 50 seconds. Um, John Moxley was on his way to having a tremendous week. He ended up going back to Cincinnati for AEW Dynamite three days later, where he uh, was victorious there as well. Uh, I thought it was really, really cool how AEW was starting is continuing to mix in uh, to mix in pay-per-view uh, caliber talents from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, obviously, we had a big surprise with that as well. Moxley going face-to-face -face with some, some really familiar foes from uh, you know New Japan, which led to a match that took place on Dynamite. But for the sake of this recap show, we have to say that John Moxley was victorious at All Out. And continues rolling. He's only lost once in, in a long time. And that was to Kenny Omega when he had the title stolen from him due to Don Callis. Then, you move forward. The first championship of the evening was Miro versus Eddie Kingston. The second championship of the evening would be the World Women's Championship of AEW. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, along with... Jamie and Rebel going up against Chris Statlander, who was in accompanied to the ring by Orange Cassidy. I thought AEW could have done better than Chris Statlander. I know Chris Statlander was undefeated at the time. I know Chris Statlander had a little bit of heat behind her. I think, honestly, they should have come up with a better opponent. I think, um, even though we've seen it already, I think Nyla Rose would have been a better fit to face Britt Baker in a match of this magnitude. Now, you may say the reason why Britt Baker wouldn't face Nyla Rose is because both of them are heels. Who cares? Who cares? Britt Baker's getting cheered everywhere she goes anyway. You know, it seems like uh, Britsburg, Britsburg, B-R-I-T's Berg, 
uh, is everywhere, not just in Pittsburgh. I think Britsburgh is everywhere. So I think Dr. Britt Baker, DM, uh, excuse me, DMD, is shining right now. And uh, even though she's a heel, she's a cool heel. And I think she should have defended against Nala Rose. That being said, she did win against Chris Danletter. Obviously, some outside interference and some distractions by Jamie Hayler as well as by Jamie Hayter as well as uh, Rebel. And obviously, that would lead to the victory. But at the end of the day, Britt Baker still the W. I'm about to say the WCW, the AEW Women's World Champion. This was the match of the night coming up next. Uh, the match of the night is the Lucha Brothers challenging the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks, the greatest tag team in the world today, in my opinion. Outside of maybe the Usos. I think the Usos in WWE are really making a claim to be the best tag team in the world. Making a stance, making a claim to be the best in the world. But I think right now the Young Bucks may have them by a fraction of an inch. But, I, oh man, imagine a dream match between the Young Bucks and the Usos. Oh my god. But in this case, the Lucha Brothers challenging. They were the winners of the Tag Team Eliminator Tournament in AEW that went across the uh, the platforms of Dynamite and uh, Rampage. And they earned a title shot. I said earlier I thought the Jurassic Express would get the title shot. Didn't work out that way. So we had Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks, who had previously faced each other at All Out years gone by, I believe in 2019. This was a steel cage match. The World Tag Team Championships were on the line. And what a match. I mean, at one point, you know, Matt Jackson pulled out a custom-made Air Jordan with, I believe it was thumbtacks on the bottom. He super kicked the Lucha Brothers in the face. Um, multiple tag team moves. Tandem offense. True tag team wrestling. Um, Ray Phoenix off the top of the cage with a massive 20-foot cross body that took all three guys out, led to, tag team, uh, led to a tag team move that took out, uh, I believe, Nick Jackson, and the Lucha Brothers became the new world tag team champions. I predicted that the Young Bucks would retain the titles. I was wrong. Um, it was a nice surprise. It was an unexpected surprise. The Lucha Brothers are a tremendous tag team. Um, I wouldn't quite them, quite put them at the top. I think they're about the third or fourth best tag team in the world. But they are the brand new AEW World Tag Team Champions in a match that will go down in history as one of the greatest tag team matches of all time. Next up, the 21-woman Casino Battle Royal. In this match, as you eliminate wrestlers one by one, when you become the winner, when you win the Casino Battle Royal, it leads to a future AEW World Women's Championship match. We learned that earlier in the night, Britt Baker, DMD, retained her championship. So this would basically be for a title shot against Britt Baker in the future. And the really cool spot about this, I mean, I'm going to tell you guys something. First and foremost, I'm a huge Thunder Rosa fan. I think she's tremendously talented, tremendously charismatic. Truly athletic, true professional wrestler. I think she's one of the best in the entire world. But she did not win. She was a finalist, but she did not win. The debuting Ruby Soho, formerly known as Ruby Riot in WWE, made her anticipated debut, debut at All Out. She ended up winning the 21 Women uh, Casino Battle Royal. She was the wild card, the, uh, the wild card in the match. You had, you know, deuces, excuse me, not deuces, um, 
spades, clubs, diamonds, and hearts. And she was the wild card entrant, Ruby Soho, the surprise wild card entrant. And she would win. So Ruby Soho, fresh off of her departure from World Wrestling Entertainment, now in All Elite Wrestling, and is now the number one contender for Britt Baker's World Women's Championship. We'll see how that plays out in the near future. Next up, a singles match with major, major ramifications. Major ramifications. Uh, the man who I put in my Mount Rushmore. Uh, make sure you check out uh, my boy Malik's channel, uh, Narcolepsy Boy 94. We've done some really, really cool, um, some really, really cool drafts um, as far as like fantasy drafts. And we've also talked about who we consider to be in our Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling. Once again, big shout out to Six Pack. Big shout out to Conrad. Malik, Kyron, Mountie, and Rambo, uh, along with myself, the six-pack. And we do some really cool stuff on his channel. Make sure you check it out. Make sure you check out Ed the Mountie's channel, EPW, of course. Check out my boy Rambo stuff. Check out my boy Con uh, my boy Kyron stuff. He does a lot of stuff with Sonic the Hedgehog and video games and wrestling. You know, big shout-out to my guys. Anyway, in this match, if Chris Jericho, who had previously lost to... MJF on multiple occasions, Maxwell Jacob Freeman. If Chris Jericho, the man who I have put in my Mount Rushmore of wrestling, as in I consider, and I'm, I'm a student of the game, y'all. I'm a student of the game. I believe Chris Jericho, when you take his entire career into account, take his entire career into consideration, I believe Chris Jericho... Including including his AEW run, okay, has earned a spot as one of the four greatest professional wrestlers of all time. I know you have your Hogan's and your Flair's and your Austin's and your Rock's, and for a long time, Flair, Hogan, Austin, Rock were my Rushmore, Mount Rushmore. For a long, long time, I still consider Shawn Michaels to be the greatest professional wrestler alive to ever live. He is in my Mount Rushmore. Shawn Michaels will always be in my Mount Rushmore. Big shout out to HBK. But Chris Jericho, from WCW days earlier than that, New Japan, his time in Mexico, his time in Extreme Championship Wrestling, his time in WWE as the Ayatollah of Rock and Roller, one of the greatest debuts in history in August of 1999. World Championships, Intercontinental Champion, the first ever Undisputed Champion, beat Rock and Austin in the same night in December 2021. Um, my goodness. And then, and then, the list, the uh, stupid idiot, making the list and the word stupid idiot become amazing when it was supposed to be crap. It became amazing because of Jericho's charisma and style and intelligence. Um... Record-setting title reigns, WrestleMania main events, and then to cap it off, becomes the first ever All Elite Wrestling World Champion. I say all this to say this. Chris Jericho's career was on the line at All Out 2021. If Chris Jericho lost to MGF, MJF again, he would have to cease professional wrestling in-ring competition in AEW forever. Now, they kept saying 
the announcers kept saying he couldn't ever wrestle again in AEW. So I was kind of like, hmm. I wonder if that's kind of like a subliminal where he might lose and go back to WWE, which I hope was not the case. But it turned out to be a good thing. Let's just put it that way. But basically, Chris Jericho had to retire from in-ring competition in All Elite Wrestling if he lost to Maxwell Jacob Freeman again. Uh, and uh, it was a tremendous match. I'll tell you something. The whole fake three-count, uh, you know, where the guy's foot's on the rope and the referee doesn't see it. It's been done before. Um, it's been done well. It's been done not so well. Uh, I can name many occasions where it was done very poorly. This was done correctly. First of all, Aubrey Edwards, very talented referee. She sold it well. I liked it. Chris Jericho was pinned in the match where basically Aubrey Edwards, doing her job, was watching the shoulders, okay? Watching the shoulders. And counted Chris Jericho down for three. But what she did not realize was that Chris Jericho, his foot was on the rope. And she counted three anyhow. So they did kind of like the same deal where the referee comes from the back. The second referee tells Aubrey Edwards what happened. Aubrey Edwards restarts the match. It was cool. It's been done before, like I said. Well, not so well. But this one was pretty good. It was convincing. It told the right story. It was cool. Chris Jericho, after the restart of the match, goes for his finishing maneuver, the back elbow. He misses. Uh, Maxwell Jacob Freeman gets him down in the arm breaker, arm bar, whatever you want to call it. And it looks like Jericho's going to tap out. Uh, but he doesn't. He reverses, and it eventually turns into the walls of Jericho, the lion tamer, whatever you want to call it, however you feel about it is fine. And he eventually taps out Maxwell Jacob Freeman, continuing on in the world of professional wrestling. A man who I consider to be a top four talent in wrestling in the history of the industry. Chris Jericho defeats Maxwell Jacob Freeman by tap out and remains an active in-ring competitor in all elite wrestling. Next up, the long-awaited, we mentioned it earlier, the long-awaited in-ring return of CM Punk. Let me tell you something. CM Punk, little history lesson, kids. CM Punk in 2011 was the hottest commodity in the world of professional wrestling. That's 10 years ago. CM Punk was the hottest commodity in the world. In 2012, he was still the hottest commodity in the world, even though WWE wasn't really putting the machine behind him the way they should. He was WWE champion for over 400 days. I don't think he should have lost to The Rock in Royal Rumble 2013, but I digress. He should have been the main event of WrestleMania 29, but I digress. CM Punk, from 2011 to about 2014 when he left in the Royal Rumble, after the Royal Rumble, in 2014, was the hottest commodity in wrestling. And WWE squandered it, messed it up, CM Punk, the, the relationship dissolved, whatever the case may be. I don't know whose fault it was. I've heard stories just like you. I've read up just like you. That's my job. I'm a journalist. I read up on these things. None of us were there. But the relationship between Vince, WWE, Triple H, whoever, and CM Punk, it dissolved. By the way, big shout out to Triple H. Uh, Paul Levesque, 
get well soon. Um, I have read that he has had a little bit of a heart situation. I don't want to call it a heart attack, but it was a, a situation where he was his heart wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. Big shout out and much respect to the legendary Triple H, the future Hall of Famer, the current Hall of Famer with DX. But of course, he'll be inducted one day as a singles competitor. Um, God bless you, Paul Levesque. Get well soon. So, here we are at All Out, and the, 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 the man who changed the game with the pipe bomb uh, is back. He made his illustrious return at Rampage. Uh, it's All Out time. It's September 5th, and he's going up against the man who he says, if he was a 15-year-old kid, the man who would be his favorite wrestler, Darby Allen. Well, look, I'm in my mid-30s, and I'll tell you something right now. Darby Allen's one of my favorite wrestlers now. So forget me in 15. Darby Allen is awesome. And him and Sting as a team, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love the dynamic. I love how the throwback Sting with the future of, of Darby Allen together. I love it. Uh, but Sting did say, Sting did say on Rampage the week before, two days before, that he would not be in Darby Allen's corner for that match. Because he wanted it to be truly one-on-one. -on -one. Not this thing ever really interferes in matches. But he didn't want to be a distraction. He wanted to be strictly one-on-one. -on -one. Darby Allen, CM Punk, let the best man win. And that's exactly what happened. Sting came out with Darby Allen. They gave each other a hug, which I thought was really cool. Sting went back to the dressing room. Darby Allen rode his skateboard down to ringside. And the match was on. Back and forth action. Multiple attempts at the go-to-sleep. Multiple attempts at the coffin drop, high-flying, CM Punk brought out his retro stuff, Darby Allen brought out his innovative offense, back-to-back, -back, nothing but action, wall-to-wall. -wall. The, the time came where Darby Allen went for another coffin drop, CM Punk sat up, moved out of the way, eventually led to a go-to-sleep, and CM Punk was victorious. It led to... Uh, Darby Allen being consoled by Sting, Sting shaking CM Punk's hand. It was cool stuff. But the bottom line is, in his return to the ring, CM Punk victorious in his first match in seven and a half years. Darby Allen had nothing to be ashamed of. His future is still ridiculously bright. I think he's a future world champion. He should be a future world champion. He's already a former TNT champion. And by the way, big shout out to AEW. From making the TNT Championship really mean something. I remember when the TNT Championship was first made. I thought the name was kind of silly. I wasn't really a fan of it. Um, I thought it was kind of like, I don't know, a little bit cliche. But I would have rather, rather it been the, the television championship, the world television championship. I actually referenced it as that a little earlier in this show. Uh, just out of habit from back in the WCW NWA days. But I do enjoy the TNT Championship now. It's been made very famous. Uh, and very relevant by its current champion, Miro, obviously Darby Allen, and of course, the late, great uh, Jonathan Huber, a.k.a. Brody Lee. Continue to rest in peace. God bless you and your family. Um, so yeah, the TNT Championship has truly become 
a, a valuable asset in all elite wrestling. But that's that's the deal. And at the end of the day, Darby Allen has nothing to be ashamed of. CM Punk victorious in his in-ring debut and in all elite wrestling and in-ring return in professional wrestling period after seven and a half years. Moving forward, you have Paul White, formerly The Big Show. No more BS going up against QT Marshall with Aaron Solo and Nick Carato. Uh, he ended up beating... Uh, QT Marshall, the big show that is, Paul White that is, in about three minutes. Um, somewhat of a squash match. Choke slam victory for Paul White. I'm really more interested in seeing how the Billy Gunn aspect is going to play out because the previous week on TNT uh, television, on I believe it was Rampage, Billy Gunn and his sons turned on Paul White. So I'm interested to see how that's going to play out moving forward. But as it relates to all out on September 5th, Paul White victorious and somewhat of a squash over QT Marshall. Then we have the main event. Now let's talk about let's talk about the main event. And let's talk about what was not the main event. Now I'm not sure what's going on with Adam Page. Adam Page, I don't know if he's injured, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if this is part of a more a more, I guess, intricate storyline. But right now, uh Hangman Page has been out of action. And out of the championship picture. And a lot of us, including me, including many uh, professional wrestling historians and observers, felt that Adam Page would definitely be the challenger challenger for the world championship at All Out. But uh, according to many sources, you know, Adam Page asked for some time away, uh, you know, from AEW ahead of his birth, uh, ahead of the birth of his child, first child, which makes a lot of sense. Um, the timing is, is crazy only because, you know, he was going to end up being, I think, the challenger for the world title. But, of course, your your child being born is, takes precedent. But I guess that's the deal. Adam Page asked for some time off to be, basically, uh, you know, be there for the birth of his child, which I totally understand. I think it would have been a tremendous main event having Adam Page go up against his longtime tag team partner and rival in the elite, um, Kenny Omega. That's not the way it worked out. So, basically, AEW went to plan B, which was Christian. Now, I will say this. Normally, and I said this on uh, talking talking to uh, Conrad Cushman of Everything Pro Wrestling, and I, in saying this to, uh, to my good friend Joel of Fight TV, I felt like back-to-back matches between Christian Cage and Kenny Omega was not the best idea, but AEW made it work. And during the debut edition of Rampage, when Christian Cage upset Kenny Omega, and I believe gave Kenny Omega his first pinfall loss in, in over a year in AEW, uh, winning the Impact World Champion, because Christian is currently the Impact Heavyweight Champion of the World, that set the stage for All Out for them to face each other again. And it gave a little bit of legitimacy to the fact that Christian Cage could possibly become the AEW Champion. I personally didn't think there was any way that Kenny Omega would lose two straight matches to Christian Cage. That turned out to be the case. Um, however, it was a really well thought out and planned match. Obviously, the Elite interfered. Christian was distracted and Kenny Omega got the win. But Christian Cage being the Impact Champion, it led to a tremendous moment on Rampage on the debut edition of Rampage at the end of August. And it led to a good match here at All Out. Would I have rather seen Adam Page in that spot? Yes. I would have rather seen Christian Cage in a different match? Yes. But Kenny Omega and Christian put on a good show. It was not as good as the match on Rampage, but it was a very good show. And it was the main event of a major pay-per-view, 21 minutes, 20 seconds. 
But that turned out to not be the main event because the main event became something that we somewhat expected, but we weren't sure we were going to get one, we were going to get both. I predicted we would get both. Go to my Twitter page. Check it out. From that day, I predicted that both would come out, that both would debut. I said, yes, yes, and Bebe would be the words of the night, and I was right. Go to my Twitter page. Twitter uh, handle is hub, hub with two Bs, H-U-B-B underscore wrestling. You'll see what I'm talking about, but let's get back to the task at hand. That's talking about the way All Out went off the air. Actually... In my opinion, one of the best debuts of all time, outside of maybe Chris Jericho in 99 and WWE. I'm sure there's been others, but I really enjoyed this. The Elite's in the ring. Kenny Omega is uh, enjoying the fact that he's victorious. He's saying there's no, basically, I'm paraphrasing, nobody alive or dead that could ever beat him, or anybody who is an active wrestler could not beat him, whatever the case may be. And all of a sudden, the lights go out, and you hear this really cool theme music, and it doesn't take a long time because the pirate, the, the, excuse me, the, I, I was about to call it Titan Tron, <laughs> the Tron, the AEW Tron shows Adam Cole's name and the place goes absolutely insane. Suburban Chicago goes absolutely nuts. I went nuts watching the pay-per-view. My family went nuts. My friends down at South went nuts. Up North went nuts. We all went nuts. It was crazy. Adam Cole, baby! joins All Elite Wrestling, Adam Cole, baby, because you can't say Adam Cole without using the words baby on the end of it. Adam Cole, baby, the newest signee to All Elite Wrestling. He comes down to the ring. It looks like he's basically saying, I didn't forget what you did to me, talking to Kenny Omega, talking to the Young Bucks, talking to the Good Brothers, talking to Don Callis. And then after the Elite had beat down Jurassic Express and Christian, Adam Cole super kicks Jurassic Express, super kicks him, and basically at that point, after he super kicks Jungle Boy specifically, he gives Kenny Omega a hug, he gets a big hug and kiss from the Young Bucks, and it is clear that Adam Cole Bebe is a member not only of AEW, but of the Elite. He has joined the Elite. What a coup, what a moment, what a night. But the night was not over, ladies and gentlemen, because as the elite are celebrating not only their world championship retention, not only celebrating the uh, arrival of its newest member, Adam Cole, baby, they are interrupted by a very familiar tune. With a little bit of a remix. And I'm talking about the former Daniel Bryan. The returning American Dragon. Bryan Danielson. Bryan Danielson makes his All Elite Wrestling debut. And joins AEW at All Out in Chicago. The crowd goes even crazier. I don't know which pop was bigger. The one for Adam Cole, baby. Or for the one... For Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson. It was amazing. An amazing night. An amazing situation. D. Bryan, Bryan Danielson, along with Jurassic Express and Christian, attack the elite. They go into a little 10, 15 second brawl. The elite scatter. It was amazing. 
and Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, shows the world that he is back and ready to reclaim his spot as the best professional wrestler in the world. Adam Cole Bebe is in the elite. And AEW All Out goes off the air as, in my opinion, the best damn, and I don't cuss that often, the best damn pay-per-view of 2021 any organization in the world. The number one pay-per-view in the world thus far. Better than SummerSlam. Better than NWA 73. Big shout out to NWA. I thought that was a really good show. Better than Empower, the all-women's pay-per-view by NWA. I thought that was a really good show. But at the end of the day, there is not a bigger or be bigger than and better than WrestleMania. I thought AEW all out, as much as I love and think that Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair fought a historically good, amazing, wonderful match. Read about that on HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com. I did an article about that match. I love them, and I love the his history that they made, and I'm so proud of them. But even that, AEW All Out was the best pay-per-view of the year, better than SummerSlam, better than WrestleMania, better than NWA, better than any other pay-per-view in the world today, in 2021, All Out was the best pay-per-view of the year. Brian Danielson and Adam Cole, Bebe, and Ruby Soho, and New World Tag Team Champions, and Jumping Off the Cage, and Jurassic Express in the opening match, and Matt Hardy in the opening match, and... The Lucha Brothers, like I said, becoming the World Tag Team Champions. And John Moxley and Miro defeating Eddie Kingston. And Chris Jericho continuing to be an in-ring competitor defeating MJF. And CM Punk's debut. And Big Show's debut. And Kenny Omega. And it's, it's amazing. I can't even get myself together. What a night. What a night for pro wrestling fans. Pro wrestling journalists. I can't believe how cool that night was. So that being said, we're about to wrap this thing up. I know everybody's ready to get ready to watch SmackDown, to watch Rampage. What a time it is to be a wrestling fan. It's so exciting. It's so cool to be a wrestling fan right now. And I want to keep this energy going. I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. Once again, big shout-out to Joel and the Fight TV family. Big shout-out to James Jefferson and the Warrior Island family. Big shout out to Six Pack, all my guys. Big shout out to Haas Craya. Big shout out to my family. I love you. Big shout out to my church family. I love y'all. Big shout out to anybody who's been listening and supporting. I love y'all. I have listeners. I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. I have listeners in all 50 states and nations abroad. I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. It is 9-10, which means tomorrow is 9-11. I want to make a, uh, a little statement and say that I, I, I wish all and pray for all the families of the victims of, I can't believe I'm saying this, 20 years ago, the 9-11 tragedy took place at the Towers in New York City. I am a New Yorker, so I want to give a big shout out and big much love, much love and prayers to the families of the survivors. I mean, excuse me, the, excuse me, uh, much love and prayers to the families of the victims uh, of, of the 9-11 tragedy. Uh, and to those who lost their lives, may your souls continue to rest in peace. We will never, ever forget. So with that being said, keep God first. Keep saying your prayers. Keep believing in, 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 in better days ahead. We're going to beat this pandemic. We're going to beat 
uh, racism, Black Lives Matter, uh, Minority Lives Matter, uh, and we all and I want peace and love for all races through all generations, through all time. So with that being said, let's continue loving each other. Let's continue enjoying pro wrestling. And let's continue moving forward together. Black people, white people, um, Spanish people, Asian people, you know, Indian people, whoever you may be, Native Americans, whatever you may be, uh, whatever your race is, whatever your background is, human race is what we are. Let's come together and love on each other and be the very best that we can be. God bless each and every one of you. Be encouraged. And remember, at the end of the day, evil never prevails. I am the host of Hubbard Wrestling Weekly, Sean Hubbard. This has been the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly Podcast, and we will catch you next time. Make sure you check out Bare Knuckle Championship tonight on pay-per-view on Fight TV. Make sure you look out for future pay-per-view events on Fight TV. Make sure you check out Warrior Island. James Jefferson, the owner of Warrior Island. Make sure you check out Warrior Island and make sure you continue to check me out. Sean Hubbard, HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com, Hubbard Wrestling Weekly on YouTube, Hub underscore Wrestling on Twitter, and Hub Wrestling underscore MVP on TikTok. God bless, be encouraged, and we will check you next time. Why out of here. Peace.